Is it possible one can wander off in a busy populated area and disappear into thin air? What if I told you they wandered off at 3.30 a.m.? The story of Tyler Davis is exceptionally puzzling. Tyler and his wife, Brittany, were enjoying a rare getaway at the Easton Town Center Complex in Columbus, Ohio, February 23, 2019. They had treated themselves to an overnight stay at the Hilton and had a couple's massage scheduled for the next day. After a night on the town and meeting up with a friend, an Uber driver dropped them off at the Hilton just after 3 o'clock a.m. on the morning of February 24th. Tyler suddenly felt disoriented and confused and claimed they were not where they were supposed to be. He said he wanted to take a walk around the block and think. Brittany needed to go charge her phone, so she headed up to their hotel room and the friend would go check on Tyler. Tyler would never be seen again. Where is Tyler Davis? podcast goal is to spread awareness of these unsolved missing persons cases. These people have left families behind, people that love them, and they still need answers. So as always, a huge thank you for listening to their stories and sharing them to help get the word out. A couple quick notes about the show. Where are they? is a weekly podcast with a new episode being published each Wednesday on most major podcast platforms. Our show is also uploaded to YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel if you are not already. Each month we have a Charity of the Month focus, in which proceeds from our Patreon group and merch sales are donated back to the charity. This month, the charity we are donating to will be the Charlie Project, I'll talk a little more about them at the end of the show. Thank you to everyone who has supported already, and check our show notes if you are interested in contributing. This week's episode is a baffling one. Tyler Davis was a 29-year-old man in 2019, married to Brittany, and together they have one child, Aaron. Aaron was born in 2017, and was just coming on two years old at the time of Tyler's disappearance. Tyler himself was a huge Green Bay Packers fan, and his son Aaron was actually named after Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. And honestly, Aaron might be the biggest victim of all in this tragic story. It is unlikely he has any memory of his father at this point. Tyler met Brittany at a fast food restaurant where they both worked in 2013. 
They became fast friends, but they did not begin dating until 2016. In 2017, they would have their son, Aaron, and they would get married later on that year. Tyler was a fast food manager working at a Wendy's in a town outside of Cincinnati, Ohio. He often worked nights, and Brittany occasionally worked as a bartender, so the two were self-proclaimed night owls. Money was tight as a young family, but they vowed to have at least three nights out a year. Brittany's birthday, Tyler's birthday, and their anniversary. February 24th was Brittany's birthday, and they had planned a nice little getaway up to the Columbus, Ohio area, about a three-hour drive from their home. They chose to stay at the Hilton in Easton Town Center. Easton Town Center is a large, very nice shopping center in the Columbus area. It's actually more like a town in itself. Over 250 shops and stores, over 70 restaurants and bars, and even a few condo complexes all sit on the property, as does the Hilton Hotel and the Courtyard Marriott Hotel. Tyler and Brittany would be staying at the Hilton and wanted to enjoy everything that Easton Town Center had to offer. I've actually been to this area several times myself, and it's a very beautiful and very busy area. There are several hotels in the general vicinity, but just the Hilton and the Courtyard Marriott are considered on the Easton Town Center property. On February 23rd, 2019, Tyler and Brittany take their son Aaron to Tyler's parents' house before heading up to Easton. They check into the hotel around 5 o'clock p.m., and shortly after, a friend of Tyler's meets up with them. This friend, Sean Hughes, would be hanging out with them for the entire night. They hit up some local restaurants in Easton, and they check out the area. Brittany said she had never been there before and was excited to see what the area had and kind of lay out a plan for what they wanted to do the next day. They did have a couple's massage booked for that Sunday, but the rest of the day was going to be spent doing whatever they wanted. Most of the restaurants and bars within Easton closed around midnight, but Brittany, Tyler, and Sean weren't done drinking and hanging out. They found a nearby gentleman's club that was still open, the Dollhouse, and they took an Uber over there where they would remain until close. Near the end of the night at the dollhouse, Brittany went to use the bathroom. When she came out, she said she heard Tyler and Sean arguing with someone and noticed the lights were now bright within the club. The bouncers were telling Tyler and Sean that they had to leave, and Brittany realized that they were closing. Tyler kept insisting to the bouncer that he was going to wait for his wife, who was in the bathroom. They soon got an Uber and made the 20-minute drive back to the Hilton. And here is where things start to get strange. I'm going to detail the order of events, and then we will discuss them and if they make sense or not. Also important to note that the events that we do know of and the timeline that we do have was all provided to the police and to the public by Brittany 
herself. There is some confirmation of her story from phone records and surveillance, but we really don't have a third-party account of what might have happened. So Brittany said Tyler was dozing off in the Uber ride on their way back to the Hilton. And when they got to the hotel, Tyler woke up, but seemed pretty agitated and confused and saying that they weren't where they were supposed to be. Brittany and Sean tried to talk to him and convince him they were at the hotel, but he kept insisting they were at the wrong place. Finally, he said he needed to take a walk and clear his head, and he got out of the Uber and started walking away from the hotel. Brittany didn't know what to do at this point, but she had to pee again, which totally believable as a consequence of drinking all night, and her phone was almost dead and she wanted to go charge it. Sean said that he would follow Tyler and make sure he was all right and that she should just go head up to their hotel room. So Brittany did just that. She was up in her room for somewhere between 10 to 20 minutes and came back downstairs looking for Sean and Tyler. She found Sean walking back in and he said, don't worry, Tyler will be right back. He was just taking a short walk and needed to cool his head. Brittany tried calling Tyler on his cell phone, but he didn't answer. He did, however, call her right back. It was 3.37 a.m. He said he was just walking around the block and he would be back soon and for her not to worry. At 4.10 a.m., he called her again and said he was in the woods, but he could see the hotel and that he would be there in five minutes. Two minutes later, Brittany's phone would ring again, and it was Tyler. When she answered this time, she only heard a few seconds of empty air when the phone just cut off. She tried Tyler back numerous times, but at this point, his phone was either dead or turned off. Now, at 4.30 a.m., about 15 to 20 minutes after Tyler's last call, Sean said he was going to head home. He lived about 10 minutes from the Easton Town Center area, and Brittany, panicking, said that she started calling friends for advice on what she should do. She said everyone she talked to told her to just wait it out. Tyler was just blowing off steam, and ultimately that's what everybody thought. So 8 o'clock a.m. rolls around, and Brittany is panicking. Tyler never came back, and there's still been no calls or messages from him. She calls a friend of hers, someone that from what I have read was a former roommate that apparently lives in the Columbus area. He shows up and helps Brittany go off in search of Tyler. Brittany later would come out and say that she thought he had probably passed out on a bench somewhere or found somewhere to sit down and passed out. He had been drinking, he was tired from the night before, Certainly seems logical. However, February in Ohio isn't exactly warm, especially at night. So even if that was true, they definitely should have been worried about Tyler's well-being. Brittany would say they looked all over the entire Easton Town Center area, but found no sign of Tyler. She said they weren't just looking for Tyler, but they were looking for clues as to where he might 
be. So she said she was looking for things like his wallet or a shoe or even his phone. Even though he didn't have anything else on him, she wanted to find something of Tyler, some sign of him. But they found nothing. So finally at 10.30 a.m., we're now on the morning of February 24th, which is Brittany's birthday. Brittany called Tyler's parents and then called the police to report him missing. Brittany said that she was terrified to call his parents. She really wanted to find him first. She had been thinking about it for a few hours leading up to her calling them, and she was trying everything she could. She said Tyler was very close to his parents, especially his mother, and he would be very upset with her if he came back and found out that Brittany had called her and worried his mom. So Brittany was doing everything she could. Her and her friend were walking around on foot looking. She said she called all of the jails and she called all of the local area hospitals in case he had gotten hurt or something had happened to him. But it was really a last resort when she had nothing else to go on that she finally relented and called his parents. The police would show up around 1230 that afternoon to take her report Tyler's dad would also drive straight up to the Easton Town Center area and help in the search as well. Brittany meets with the officers in the parking lot of the Hilton Hotel. And the first thing the police officer said to her was, a man has a right to go missing. And since Tyler wasn't elderly or a child, there really was nothing they could do about it for 72 hours. She said they seemed to truly believe that he walked away and just needed to leave and go off on his own for a little while. They had mentioned a couple things to her, which led her to believe they thought that Brittany and Tyler must have had a fight that led to this, but Brittany insists that there was no fight. So Brittany was getting more and more frustrated as she knew that something was very wrong. At 5 o'clock p.m. on that Sunday, Tyler's dad told Brittany to go back and get her son and they would keep looking up in the Easton Town Center area. So Brittany would do that, but she would also head back up to Easton in the middle of the night as she couldn't sleep and she couldn't stop thinking about Tyler and wanted to be on the ground looking for him. She headed back up to Easton with some friends and they searched wooded areas and all the nearby areas they could think of. She spoke to the manager at the Easton and they started reviewing security footage. Brittany now had had very little sleep. She's been up for more than 24 hours, but seemed determined to find her husband and play an active role in searching for him. She went to Easton Town Center Security and they told her, after reviewing a bunch of footage that they saw Tyler walking back to the Hilton around 4.15 a.m. on one of the nearby cameras, which made complete sense to Brittany based on the timeline of when she herself had last spoke to Tyler. However, it would come to be that this footage wasn't Tyler, but someone else, possibly Tyler's friend, Sean. They apparently were the same height, same body build, and the footage was dark and grainy, so Ultimately, security and the police believed that the figure they saw on that surveillance footage was Sean and not Tyler. 
Also, it's 4.15 in the morning. There aren't a lot of people out just walking around. It's a Sunday morning, and Brittany said the footage probably picked up Sean when the two of them were outside, kind of walking back and forth, up and down the sidewalk area, looking for Tyler. The cops would conduct their first official search on Tuesday, February 26th. Afterwards, they called Brittany and they let her know that they searched some bodies of water and some woods, concentrating on the area of where they knew his phone had last pinged. They brought out search dogs, and they did say that one of the dogs hit on an area near one of the ponds, but they searched that pond multiple times. They dragged it, they searched it with sonar, and they sent in divers, and they found nothing. There were zero signs of Tyler anywhere. The police do obtain some records from Tyler's phone, and they did find some interesting clues. They do verify the phone calls to Brittany and the timeline, thus verifying the story that she gave police. They also were able to find a record of him searching Google Maps for directions back to the Easton. I've heard this recording, and I'm going to play it for you. Hopefully, the audio will come through okay. To me, he sounds still fairly intoxicated or maybe just stressed out. But let me play for you the news report that ABC Channel 6 put up on their Facebook page. This was back in May of 2020, three months after Tyler had disappeared and right after the police made this audio public. Investigators releasing a new video of the night Tyler Davis disappeared highlighting the last moments he was seen. These images, the final ones of Tyler Davis before he vanished without a trace, walking away from the Hilton Hotel at Easton. We have to cover every what if. And that, that becomes the daunting part of this. Columbus Police Detective Jason Bramer has poured over the images. Davis going off on his own after a night out with his wife and friend. Listen to this cell phone audio. He wanted to come home. He wanted to get back to his hotel room. Investigators say it's Tyler trying to use GPS to get back to the hotel after getting lost. Until I have evidence to prove what did happen, we have to leave everything on the table. Bramer also stresses investigators continue to hold out hope that Davis will be found alive. So very interesting. Police took three months before they released any type of surveillance footage or really any type of detail to the public. And during that three months time, there would be a lot of speculation publicly about what may or may not have happened that night, what Brittany's involvement may or may not have been. And anytime the police keep things close to the vest, you're going to have a lot of speculation and rumors that circulate. So with that surveillance footage they released which showed him walking away from the Hilton. They also released the voice recording that Google picked up on when he was using Google Maps and asking to get directions back to the Hilton suites. So we know that he was out walking. It was a little after four o'clock a.m. when he did that Google search. So all of Brittany's timeline seems to be adding up. Tyler is still okay at this time. He is likely alone. We don't hear anything else. And he's trying to find his way back to the hotel. So why 
didn't he? Why didn't he make it back to the Easton Hilton Suites? So most people on social media jump on this case and they find flaws in Britney's story right away. And I really don't think it's that they find flaws so much as there are just so many questions left unanswered. And it would be months and months before the police would release little tidbits of information to the public. Using the GPS on his phone, they were also able to confirm that he did indeed walk away from the Hilton Hotel. They can see that in the surveillance footage. He was alone. They can tell that he then walked through the nearby Huntington Bank complex on Stelzer Road. And then they also know that he asked his phone for directions back to the Hilton. They can tell following his GPS records also that at some point he was nearby the Abbott Labs complex, which is interesting because even though Abbott Labs itself is about a mile away from the Hilton, that's quite a walk at 3.30 a.m. The police also didn't release the name of the friend, Sean Hughes, right away, so a lot of initial speculation was centered around him. Was there a dispute between them at all that night? Why did Tyler go from napping in the Uber ride to all of a sudden needing to go for a walk and clear his head? There are some questions surrounding that, if you ask me. But again, they were drinking. It's kind of hard to justify how people act when they're drunk. Sean supposedly left at 4.30 a.m. to go home. So out of everything so far in the story, that might be the biggest red flag for me. Brittany was obviously upset and said she never slept at all that night looking for Tyler and calling people for help. So why did Sean leave her like this? Also, why wasn't he himself more worried about Tyler? He was Tyler's friend. He also lived nearby, so he did live only 10 minutes away, but they had been drinking. What was his state? Was he okay to have driven himself home? There are also a lot of names brought up in the days afterwards as people searched for him. Friends, family, and even some of his younger employees that worked with him at Wendy's made the three-hour drive up to Columbus to help search. But in all of the accounts of those searches, Sean's name isn't mentioned as being there at all. If he lived just 10 minutes away and he was such a good friend, shouldn't he be there all over this search helping front and center? So it does make me question if something might have happened involving the friend and involving when the friend left at 4.30. Did he pick up Tyler at 4.30 and did something happen from there? A lot of people are picking apart Britney's stories and her interviews, but I want to know more about this Sean guy. Now, of course, it is possible that Tyler was drunk and stumbled off and had an accident somewhere. And We've heard a lot of horrible, horrific, tragic stories of people that have fallen into bodies of water and drowned. Or it was not too long ago, we heard the story of a man who left a bar, climbed into a dumpster and fell asleep, and then was killed when the trash was collected the next day. So definitely things can happen and there could have been an accident. But searches and searches and more searches have been done with no sign of Tyler. 
No personal effects, no wallet, no phone, not a shoe, nothing of Tyler's has been found. So if it was an accident, how has everything remained hidden up until this point? It really seems this story has a lot more theories than it does evidence. I've analyzed the map of the Easton Town Center many times while researching this, and I'm always thinking too about the mention of him being in the woods. One of his phone calls back to Brittany that morning, he had stated he was in the woods, but he could see the hotel and he would be there in five minutes. Now, Easton is a very built up, populated area. It's a shopping center. It has hotels, restaurants. There's certainly no heavily wooded areas in the direct vicinity of Easton. But when you look at the Google Maps, there are a few different areas where there's a small patch of woods that maybe if he was intoxicated and had some trees around him, he confused it with being in the woods. About a block away from the Hilton is the first small patch of woods you can see. It acts as a barrier between Stelzer Road and Highway 270. And as I mentioned, it's about a block. There are also two small bodies of water on the sides of the trees. But to my knowledge, both of those have been thoroughly searched. And it's a pretty small little area of trees. So it's certainly an easy area to cover and to search. There are a couple of small patches of trees nearby. But again, these are very small areas It is also unfortunate that we don't have more surveillance footage in this case. Considering the hundreds of businesses there, we know that there are hundreds of surveillance cameras. But Easton is built up to be very nice and very park-like with many shrubs and landscaping. And this tends to shield the sidewalk areas from the stores themselves. So even if he did walk by on the sidewalk of any particular store that had this shrubbery or landscaping, it might never even be picked up on camera. I am hoping to do a more in-depth review of the Google Maps and show you all what I'm talking about, especially of the wooded areas in our YouTube video we put up for Tyler. So if you're interested, stay tuned for that. I think what's so intriguing is that there are very few areas one can actually disappear and not be found. And certainly the populated area that is Easton Town Center in Columbus, Ohio, is not one of those areas. So what are the theories in this case? Theory number one, Tyler walked away and had an accident or even succumbed to the elements. He was drunk and there isn't exactly any evidence pointing to foul play. And it's been known to happen. I think it's quite odd that no sign of him has surfaced, however, especially we're just over the two year mark of this case. I mean, even if he had an accident and fell somewhere, You think someone would have found something by now. His phone, his shoe, his wallet, something. Also, he first called Brittany at 3.37 a.m. while he was out walking. She heard from him again just after 4 o'clock a.m. So how far could he have gotten? 
he might have been more than a mile away from the hotel at that point. And yes, he did say he could see the hotel during his last call, but was it really the hotel? There are a lot of large buildings. The Hilton at Easton Town Center is a very large hotel, but the Courtyard Marriott also has a similar distinct look to it, as does the Hilton. And this area is designed for everything to flow and go together nicely. It's a very aesthetically pleasing area. A lot of the larger buildings and businesses in the area could have also maybe been mistaken for the Hilton. If Tyler had seen a large building, maybe he thought it was the Hilton, but maybe he was actually in a whole other area of town. Then that leads us to theory number two, Tyler fell victim to foul play. But was he taken out of the area? And is that why there has been no evidence recovered? And did he meet with foul play at the hands of a stranger? Or even more sinister, someone he knew? In a lot of cases, we also talk about people in these situations walking away and starting a new life. But nothing, and I mean nothing, says that to me in this situation. He had an almost two-year-old little boy that he adored. He and Brittany were supposedly doing well. There's no stories or no accounts of them having any type of marital issues. He was also very, very close to his parents. So why completely disappear? And if so, where did he go? They did monitor his bank records and any activity on his credit cards, but there has been zero activity on any of those accounts. And these are all of the same reasons I don't believe suicide is a theory. He seemed a very happy guy. He didn't seem to be having any struggles or troubles in his life. And with that being said, there are always things going on with people that we might not know about. And definitely he could have been struggling or having issues that nobody was aware of. But it's really hard to commit suicide and hide your own body or commit suicide in an area where your body is not going to be discovered, especially if you're in a populated city. So I suppose anything is possible. And as the detective had said in the news clip, we can't really rule out anything until we know for certain what happened. We do have a fair amount of data on the night he went missing, at least right up until just after 4 a.m. We have a good timeline we can follow. There's receipts from the bars and restaurants they went to. We do have a statement from the Uber driver, from what I understand, to police, which basically just confirming that he did drop three people off at the Hilton. We do see Tyler at some point on surveillance footage walking away from the Hilton. And we do have the phone records. We have the calls that he made to Brittany. And we have him searching Google Maps for directions back to the hotel. If you are intrigued by this case, the True Crime Garage podcast does a pretty lengthy interview with Brittany Davis, and I definitely recommend it. 
you can look for it under the Tyler Davis episodes. I believe it's a two-parter and it does give some good insight onto Brittany's side of things. Now there are two schools of thought with that interview with regards to Brittany. You do see about half the people defending her and defending her actions. And there's another group of people that do criticize that interview and how she speaks and how she's coming across. So definitely give it a listen if you're interested and kind of make that judgment for yourself what you think. So the case of Tyler Davis leaves me wanting to hop in my truck and head to Columbus, Ohio to investigate this myself. This is definitely one of the more perplexing cases that I've covered. What do you think happened to Tyler Davis? Please share Tyler's story and let's get this one solved. Tyler Davis is described as a Caucasian male, five foot nine, and between 175 and 195 pounds. He was last seen wearing a green and blue flannel shirt, a white t-shirt, blue jeans, and older Nike sneakers. He has brown hair and brown eyes. Tyler also has a prominent red birthmark on his right arm that extends from his hand up to his neck and his chest. If you have any information as to the whereabouts of Tyler Davis or any information at all that might be pertinent to this case, please call the Columbus Police Department at 614-645-4624. As I mentioned earlier, I want to talk for a quick second about the Charlie Project. We have chosen the Charlie Project as our charity of the month for March of 2020. Megan Good created the Charlie Project as a database to keep a record of missing persons cases in the U.S. She maintains it and she shares cases regularly on her corresponding social media pages. Definitely follow her Facebook page. She does a fantastic job and relies on the donations of others to keep her mission active. You can see her work at charlieproject.org and that's C-H-A-R-L-E-Y-P-R-O-J-E-C-T dot O-R-G. Megan started the Charlie Project in 2004 and actively works to keep it updated. If you'd like to support the Charlie Project, you can do so by joining us on Patreon starting at just $3 a month or by shopping our merch store. We have t-shirts, coffee mugs, fanny packs, water bottles, and more. And you can find the links in our show notes to both our Patreon and our online store. Again, proceeds will be going to the Charlie Project for this month. Be sure you are following the Where Are They podcast pages on Instagram and Facebook. We will be sharing case information over there as well. And remember to share Tyler's story. His case is just over two years old and is not considered a cold case yet. Someone must know something. Thank you all for tuning into this episode of Where Are They? We will be back again next week with another episode. And until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones. Bye.